Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. As you're hearing the word today, What do I do about not keeping a hard heart? What's the danger? The danger is listening to this and go, that sounds really nice, but that's not doable. There's no way that I can be the spiritual leader of the home. Well, no, that's right. You're calling God a liar. Sure you can be. No, there's just no way for my marriage really to be the way it should be. Yes, there is. Quit doubting God. Nothing's impossible with God. Satan wants you to feel defeated. He wants your life to feel hopeless, without meaning, and turned off to the promptings of the Spirit. Today, Pastor Mark warns listeners against the lies of the enemy. He encourages believers to not quit fighting for their marriages. The devil has very strategically used the world to influence people into thinking that divorce is normal. God says it shouldn't be an option. Don't give up on your marriage when times are tough. Rather, see it as an opportunity to practice faithfulness. Watch God at work. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he continues his message entitled, God Cares for Your Marriage. today, Satan continues to attack our mind with lies. Some of you this week, remember the the mind is the battlefield. And that's why I always have to be renewed in the word of God. When Satan lies, I've got to go back and see what the truth is. Well, see, if that was written in Genesis, Eve could have gone back and it would have said, if you eat of the tree, you will die. And she should have said to Satan, no, you're the liar. I will die if I eat of it. That's what God said, and God's word is always true. This week, some of you heard Satan say in your mind, you're married, that your spouse is the enemy, and your marriage will never make it. That's the lie you heard. Some of us have heard Satan say this to us this week, the grass is greener. You can go find happiness, and actually, you you deserve it. You need to find happiness now. And then some of you heard the enemy lie this right into your ear this week. Your next marriage partner will be better than this one. That's a lie. It's a lie from Satan. You see, he knows where to plant these lies. And for sure, as I watch television, as I read the newspaper, as if you go to the movies, here's what I hear when I'm watching television, Satan's lies. He says this. God's plan for marriage, one man, one woman for life. Huh, you talk about outdated. It'll never work. 
So I have to understand that every day Satan is bombarding my mind with his lies, just as he was with Eve. Satan says to Eve, you can walk independent from God. That was truth. It would cost her, but she didn't understand that. Now, what a difference if Eve had remained true to God's word. What a difference if she believed it and simply walked away from Satan. But she didn't. Look at verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Remember, she was temptable, and she gave in to temptation. That was the sin. Being tempted is not a sin. Giving in to temptation is a sin. Look at verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Right by verse 7... This is a picture of religion. See, religion says, I can do something to make myself right with God. Adam and Eve knew they were guilty. They are now naked. Before, they were naked and there was no shame. Now they go, uh-oh, we have to fix this. Religion is simply a way for man to try to fix it. But you can't fix it. You'll see later that God has to fix it. So they sew these fig leaves together. Talk about stupidity. If you've ever had a fig tree in your backyard, we go to Israel a lot. Fig trees on the backside of the leaves, they are filled with itchy stuff. <laughs> now, let's not even go there with a the picture, but I, mean, I, I could pick a lot better leaf than that. Be honest, Adam. Do these fig leaves make me look fat? Now, if you're a husband, you've heard this statement before. So this came from Eve way back then and it's been put in people's mind. Now, if you're a husband and, and your wife says, does this outfit make me look fat? What is always the answer you give? Absolutely no. Not unless you want to get beat up or whatever. You always say no. If it isn't true, you go and ask God to forgive you and then you come back and your marriage is okay. I'm just joking. Don't email me. But see, they knew something had changed. The consequences of sin came. Now, the moment, let's just picture this podium this morning as marriage in the home. Up to this point, marriage in the home, there were no problems. There were no weeds. There was no sin. There was no arguing. It was beautiful. They were naked. They didn't need anything else. They were in a relationship with God and one another. Man, they were having a great time. But when they chose to live independent from God, from that moment, Satan entered the home. And he's never left the home to this day. So in our homes, we have God, if you're a follower of Christ, and you have Satan. And there's constant battle in our lives. It never will end until Satan is finally defeated. You say, well, that's pretty depressing. Not really, because he who's in me is greater than he who walked into my house, which is Satan. So I have the ability to defeat him every single time. Now, 
Who was really at fault? Was it Adam or was it Eve? Take a look at this verse in Timothy. The Bible says this in 1 Timothy 2.14. And it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived and sin was the result. What that simply means was Eve was actually deceived. But Adam, when Eve offered it to him, willfully disobeyed. So who is really responsible? Adam, who was to be the leader, to be the protector of his wife. He is the one who was in deliberate rebellion against God. Well, on that day, Adam and Eve get together. They, next morning, they sit down and they do their journaling. And they say, what did we learn from yesterday? If they would have had paper and pen, I believe their journal that day would have read something like this. Yesterday. God, Adam and Eve together, we really did a stupid thing yesterday. Both of us disobeyed you and we cannot undo our sin. You see, if you don't evaluate yesterday, I can't learn from it, good and bad. So it's good to evaluate. That's why I journal. Then the word. Now, they didn't have a Bible, but they had the word of God. God said, don't go by that tree. Now, what do you think they would have journaled? He said, if you go by that tree, disaster is going to happen. I believe they journaled something like this. God, your word was true. And now we know that Satan is a liar. You see, the word of God is powerful. It never returns void. Satan wants us to doubt the word, but the truth is the only thing that changes my life. You're being reminded this morning that in your home or in your life, there's an enemy who's always trying to defeat you. He's trying to take you down. But I have the truth of the word of God. I can defeat him. Well, the last thing is prayer. If Adam and Eve would have written their prayer, what would it have sounded like the day after they sinned? I believe it would be something like this. God, first forgive us both. We admit we were wrong to doubt you and disobey your word. God, will you give us a second chance? Will you give us a new start? We knew we were wrong, but we just blew it. Now, I wish I could say to you, when you begin to read the next verses, that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. But that's not true. They didn't journal like that. And they did what you and I do because of a sin nature. When I'm confronted with my sin, I should admit it and run to God. But very often, I do exactly the opposite. I make excuses. I hide And I run from God. Let's look at verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they, circle this in your Bible, hid. We never saw that before. There was no reason to hide. Why would you hide? And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. By the way, let me just give you a little clue. We've all tried to hide from God. You can't hide from God. God's all-knowing. God's all-seeing. He's everywhere at the same time. What tree are you going to... Oh, this tree looks pretty good. I can hide right behind here. God, you can't see me, can you? What? We can't hide from God. David told us we couldn't do that. I want you to see something in verse 9. It's powerful. Vieira, the men in Vieira, pay attention. 
Melbourne campus, the men here, married or not, pay attention. But the Lord God called to the... Who did God go to? He went to the man and he said, where are you? What does that mean? God went to the man because the man was to be the spiritual head of the home. He didn't go to Eve. He went to the man. If you're a man, single or married, you were designed to be the spiritual leader of the home that you have now or the home that you will have. And we're doing way better in my generation. When I was raised, the majority of the church was women. There weren't any men hardly, a few. It was the exception, but we're doing way better. But some of us haven't got it yet. Men, God is saying to you, what's up? In Vieira, the same, what's up with you? Why does your wife bring the Bible and you don't carry one? Why are you not challenging your wife to have devotions with you? Why does she always have to come to you and say, let's go to church today? You are to be the spiritual leader because you're teaching your children the very thing you're doing. God goes to Adam and he goes, Adam, what's up? What's been happening? Now, notice who takes the initiative. Who goes looking for who? Tell me. Who goes looking for who? Does God go looking for Adam and Eve or do Adam and Eve go looking for God? Tell me. God takes the initiative. What did, what did Satan lie to Eve? Eve, God wants to keep things from you. He's not a good God. He doesn't love you. This is exactly opposite. Adam and Eve are running from God. What's God do? He goes right after them. I want to tell you this morning, you might be running from God, but God found you. And you're here and he's got your attention. Why? Because he loves you. God went after Adam and Eve. Well, I've sinned. I failed. God went after him to give him another start. Satan says, God won't like you anymore. You've blown it for life. It's over with. It's done. That's not true. But Pastor Mark, I've been divorced three times. Well, how about the woman at the well? Five times. And living with someone in sin now. And who goes to who? Jesus goes to her. And he says to her, had enough frustration? You want to do it right? Yeah, I do. Follow me. God has found you today. Not to condemn you. That's what Satan says. But to give you life. To give you a new start. Well, look at the answer. He answered in verse 10, I heard you in the garden and I was, circle this word, afraid. There was never fear before this. There was no hiding and there was never fear. Because I was naked, so I hid. You see, sin causes shame, guilt, confession, fear, remorse, and death. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And Adam said, God, I take full responsibility. I was responsible for doing it. I'm the spiritual leader. I ask your forgiveness. I'm the guy. Is that what your Bible says? What did Adam do? I mean, he does something you would never do. Well, look at what really happens. And the man said, the woman you gave me. Supposed to be a gift. You know, if you hadn't given me this woman, my ribs would feel a lot better and lots of things would be good. But you gave me this woman. She gave me from the tree 
and I ate it. It's her fault. (laughs) We're still doing that today. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? And the woman said, it's that stupid serpent you made. Why did you let him in the garden? He didn't have a pass. How did he get in? And I ate it. The hiding destroyed the intimacy that they had together. But it didn't just destroy this intimacy. It destroyed Adam and Eve's intimacy. I mean, how would you as the wife feel when your husband said, she caused it, God? See, it broke the oneness that God designed. It broke the oneness. Hiding from God because we're guilty is not the solution. So here's what I want you to write. We must fight Satan by admitting our sins. In other words, don't blame others. Don't hide and quit making excuses. This is so common in marriage and, of course, in the whole world. Most of us simply won't take responsibility for who we are and what we've done. Let me remind you of a principle. I can't be forgiven for an excuse. Did you hear me? I can only be forgiven when I confess. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, then he's faithful. Confess simply means agreeing with God. I can make all the excuses in the world. God, I did this because of this. This person tempted me over here and I have a second cousin on the third side that gave me that trait. Man. Now, keep your finger there. Quickly turn back to Matthew 19. Matthew 19. Let's go down to verse 7. Let's pick it up. And I want you to see this morning. You see, men perish because they don't know the truth. You're going to see a great truth today that our world doesn't have a clue about. They're just clueless. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus modifies it a little bit. Notice verse 8. Jesus replied, Moses didn't command, but Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. Circle these next five words in your Bible and never forget it. Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. Circle it. Because your hearts were hard. So I now know why... The majority of divorce. Then Jesus says something powerful, but it was never this way in the beginning. In other words, your hearts got hard. Then he says this, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness, pornea, all kinds of stuff, and marries another woman simply commits adultery. And they knew, one of the Ten Commandments, that adultery was a sin. Now, If you want to write a statement down, you already have in the Bible, but if you want to write it, I'd encourage you to do it. The Bible tells us that a hard heart was the original cause for divorce. Well, the thing that should come to my mind is, number one, what's a hard heart look like? And what do I do to prevent having a hard heart? Because we know that God hates divorce. Divorce destroys homes. If I had these two pieces of paper, and I don't have time to do it today, but I glue them together, that's a marriage, husband and wife. 
See, what the world says is, well, you just need to separate. It's no problem. It's just cool. It's real easy. No, if this was, if this was glued together, you can't do that. When you separate it, you just tear and rip. Well, you're not ripping paper. You're ripping people's hearts. In the middle of that, it kids. And we'll hear this stupid lie from Satan. Well, our kids are fine from the divorce. Didn't hurt them at all. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It destroys our kids. Yes, they can be refixed. But don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Now, God hates divorce. But he loves divorced people. Divorce is not the unpardonable sin. So if you're out there today... God says, let me show you how not to have a hard heart. Don't listen to the things of the enemy. But if you've already failed, God takes you where you're at. And he begins to change us and forgive us and offer us grace. There isn't anybody in this room that hasn't failed. So here's eighth key expectation from God. God expects us to keep our hearts soft. You see, if you go out to a medical thing today, and of course, you know, my field was there, and of course, I've had open-heart surgery. If you say something with a hard heart, we're not talking about a heart that's pumping in my heart, right? Boom, boom, boom. Not talking about that heart. We're talking about the core being of us. Look at Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. You guard your heart. Above all else, for it determines the course of life. It's, it's that inner sense of us that God speaks to. It's the real me. It's the real you. It's not my physical heart. See, how, how would I keep a hard heart? Today, after I had open heart surgery, of course, I, I was pretty healthy before, but I know what to do to keep that plaque from forming on that crazy artery in the heart. I know what to do. I got all these things that I take and, and healthy things that I eat healthy most of the time, pretty good stuff and whatever. Just like you, I exercise. I exercise religiously. I do. That doesn't mean just on Sunday. <laughs> Oops, sorry. And uh, so I have a soft arteries. Well, what about spiritually? What do I do not to have a hard heart? How does that work? If hard heart is the reason for divorce, then what can I do as a believer? What can I do? Let me give you two keys this morning. Number one, living in obedience produces a soft heart. So living in disobedience produces a hard heart. See, a hard heart doesn't happen instantaneously. It happens over time. Look at this scripture, Hebrews 3, 15. Remember what it says, today when you hear his voice, you, Mark Balmer, don't harden your heart, Mark Balmer, as Israel did when they continued to rebel over and over and over and over again in the Old Testament. As you're hearing the word today, what do I do about not keeping a hard heart? What's the danger? The danger is listening to this and go, that sounds really nice, but that's not doable. There's no way that I can be the spiritual leader of the home. Well, no, that's right. You're calling God a liar. Sure you can be. No, there's just no way for my marriage really to be the way it should be. Yes, there is. Quit doubting God. Nothing's impossible with God. Satan wants you to live with a hardened heart towards your spouse. Today, Pastor Mark taught us the value of living with a soft heart. Living in forgiveness and obedience produces a soft heart. The Lord hates strife amongst believers more than anyone, especially in marriage. He knows how important it is and how rewarding it can be to live with a mindset focused on loving others and forgiving their trespasses. 
Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Do you truly believe that God wants the best for your marriage or even that He wants you to enjoy it? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show listeners God's vision for every marriage. In Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, he did not completely cut ties with them. He still made efforts to ensure their success. We'll learn that we need to mold and shape our marriages into what God always intended them to be. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Here